take your Bibles this morning and turn to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4 as we look at God's Word together. Proverbs chapter 4. It's always exciting to, uh, to come to these moments and see what God is doing and how He's working in individuals' lives. And um, I, w- I was thinking that before I get started, I probably should offer at least some counsel, at least to Matt. Matt, you're still like trying to figure out where you're going, right? Still trying to figure out where you're going. I got some suggestions for you, okay? I mean, obviously tech, okay? I am a tech supporter. Do you hear me? I know where my bread is buttered, all right? <laughs> tech, wonderful place. But if God chooses to lead you somewhere else, Blue Mountain College, where I went, the great thing, or you know what? The Western Division champions of baseball in the SEC. You know who those are? The Ole Miss Rebels. Right there, huh? Ask Lloyd about it after service, all right? (laughs) Simply don't make that disastrous decision that some others have made to go to LSU. Don't do that, please. (laughs) Just kidding. Y'all know I'm just just kidding. You know, it's awesome to see how God works in individuals' lives and how he's going to continue to work in our students as they're graduating and our students as... They have already graduated high school and moving on and doing some work for the Lord in different areas. It's great to see that. The energy of that for us as a church is just tremendous, and we are blessed to be able to celebrate that today. We're also blessed to be able to challenge, I think, today because, you know, as we come together, we do celebrate accomplishments, but we also challenge one another to live even in a greater way for the Lord in our lives. The Lord's going to give so many more opportunities. He's going to give us opportunities to proclaim His gospel and to live it out in our lives. And I pray that we would do that. I really pray that we would remain faithful, whoever we are in whatever category of life we find ourselves right now, that we would remain faithful to what He has taught us and to the task He has called us to be about. I want you to see in Proverbs chapter 4 how that is the challenge from the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, as he writes, he is challenging those who come after him, his own children, to remain faithful and and noting how wisdom, how wise living remains faithful to God's teaching and to God's task. I want you to see beginning in verse 1, says, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and I live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings. And the years of your life will be many. I've taught you in the way of wisdom. I've led you in the right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her. For she is your life. Do you hear the plea of the writer of Proverbs here of Solomon? As he he makes this plea to his children, to his son in particular, and he says, I want you to continue 
to be faithful to the teaching that I've given you. He said, I want you to be faithful to the teaching, the wisdom that you have gotten from me. That's a great word, a great challenge for all of us in this place today, that we would remain faithful to the teaching that has been delivered unto us. Now, I want you to note this. As you look at this passage, you'll see that it's primarily a a generational, a home responsibility. Notice Solomon says, I want you to listen to what I've taught you and what I've instructed you to do, just as I have learned from my own parents, he says. Even from my own home setting, I've learned the way to walk. And he says, I want you to follow and be faithful in that teaching. And I would say to you, especially the high school students today, to be faithful in what you have been taught, to be faithful and to keep those things. You know, we always read studies. We read studies, it seems like every day, about how younger believers are leaving the church, how they're leaving the foundation that they have been built upon. Now, there are different reasons for that. I've seen many articles that have spoken about reasons about that, but you just see that phenomenon continuing. One of the recent studies said that a third of the millennials, 18 to 29 years old, a third of them that had grown up in the church had actually left the church. Some of the other cite larger numbers, think it's an even larger number, that actually leave the church. How, how sad is that? What a challenge we should be giving today that you as students should hold firm to the faith, to listen to what you've been taught. So many of you, you know, you have been taught in your home. So many of you have been. And again, that's the primary responsibility of the home, right? And parents, that they are to teach their children. We as a church, what do we do? We just kind of come alongside a little bit and we subsidize it, if you want to say. We're there to kind of help a little bit. But it's in that home, it's in that central place of teaching that you get that faith. A few weeks ago, we were standing here, you probably remember that, when we had a bunch of babies lined up. Baby dedication. And there on that day, we dedicated these children, but we we made our parents assume their responsibilities. I say they did it voluntarily. They assumed their responsibilities of saying, hey, we are supposed to be committed to teaching our children godly principles. We dedicate them to the Lord for whatever God calls them to do. That was what we did a few weeks ago. A few of you all went through that baby dedication some years ago. You parents, you remember that? Some of you. Years ago, you went through that baby dedication. You're reminded it maybe even in some of those younger pictures. By the way, did you notice that some of these haven't changed at all since they were younger? You went through that time of where you said you would give them to God, you'd give them to the Lord. And how those years have passed rather quickly. And now here we are. And in so many ways, what are we still saying today? Lord, they're still yours. We give them to you. They're meeting another accomplishment, another achievement in their life. But, Lord, they're not done yet. And you still have a plan for them, and we give them to you. And what I would say to you is, great, is recognize that purpose that has been given to you, that has, you have been blessed with, the heritage that you have, and live 
for Christ in whatever area of your life God calls you to. Give yourself to him. Not just the generational teachings, but the godly teachings that have been... You know, sometimes we as parents, we can be wrong. Every now and then. It's okay to, re- it's okay to admit that today, okay? They're graduate. Every now and then we can be wrong. It's not just that your mama said it and your daddy said it. That's not what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying to you is that we have to remain faithful to God's commands that have been instructed to us, that we've been given by our parents. Because here, as Solomon writes this, he is assuming that there is godly instruction that's been given. So we want to be faithful to the godly instruction, to the godly teaching. And that's a tough thing to do in today's world. Very tough thing to do. A few months ago, I had a young student come into my office. She came into my office with her parents. She was just in her second year of college, I believe. And she began talking to me. I'll tell you, she began the conversation this way. She asked this question. Brother Reggie, has everything I've always been taught... Is everything that I've always heard at the church, is it a lie? Can you imagine my response? It's like, what, what do you mean? And she began breaking down emotionally. She had attended a university and she had begun to study some and different professors were beginning to challenge her faith and she was so troubled and thinking maybe everything that she had been taught Everything that she had heard in the scripture, everything she had heard from the church was nothing more than a lie. Now, I'm an, I'm an optimist, right? You'd have to be at Ole Miss, right? You're an optimist. You're always hoping next year will be better. An optimist. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? Don't look at the negative side of this. Realize that God has you in the place right now, surrounded by a godly support system, a pastor, parents, and others who can help you walk through this. And when you get to the other side of it, your faith will actually be stronger than it is now. Because you have learned that you're wanting to believe and defend what God has said and not just what man has said. Because when I say to you to be faithful to uh, God's teaching. I'm talking about God's truth. I'm not talking about the tradition of men. I'm talking about the truth of God. Those are the things I encourage you to be faithful in. Be faithful to the teaching. There will be all kinds of things that will come at you. All kinds of things that you will hear. But listen to the instruction that God has planted in your heart. And you stay faithful to that. I'm going to ask you to do something. John, come up here just a moment. We're going to do something a little different. Because I think today we ought to stop and again pray for these students. And pray that when they go to college, when they go out into the workplace, wherever it is, that they would remain faithful to God's teaching. Would you join your heart and your mind with mine, John? Pray for us. Did you stand? Did you understand as he prays this blessing over you? Let's pray together. Father God, you are a very good God. Father, we have evidence of that before us, of, of, of how good you have been, how you have blessed, Father, how you have led, how you have taught, how you've molded, how you've shaped, God, how you have called. 
Father, I pray today that these students would, would clearly hear your call on their life. Father, as they begin to pursue careers in education, Father, I pray above all things, God, that they would hear your call. Father, to be your servants wherever they go, whatever they do. Father, whenever you call. I thank you for these parents and these families. Father, who have poured into them. Father, and help to lead and grow them. Father, I pray that they would now, Father, continue to support what it is that you are calling these students to do. God, we worship you. We praise you. We celebrate. Father, because we know without any doubt that you are not done yet. Father, I look forward with great anticipation to what you are going to do in the lives represented here today. Father, for the people who will know you as Savior because these students led them there. Father, for the people, Father, who will surrender their lives to you. Father, for the people around the world that will hear about you, Father, because of these students here today. I look forward to it all. And it is easy to worship you today because of what you have done, because of what you're yet to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And we pray that you would remain faithful to the teaching. We pray also, as John just offered to the Lord, that we would that you all would be faithful to the task. And I think that's really what the rest of Proverbs 4 is about. It's not just holding on to the teaching but being faithful to the task. If you continue reading verse 14, it says, Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. He says that we are to be faithful to the task of godly living, righteous living. God wants you to be a part of that, and God wants all of us to continue in that task in verses 20 through 27. I'll not read them all, but I wish that you'd go home and look through those verses and note how many times it speaks about um, your ear or your eyes or your heart or your feet. In other words, what the writer of Proverbs says is that you must be all in. Every bit of you should be in to the task that God has called you to be a part of. And that task living righteously and lighting the world. Living righteously and lighting the world. In verses 18 and 19, for example, it says, But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Notice it speaks here, the way of the righteous is like a light. It's like a light that grows brighter and brighter as the day breaks. I love seeing a good sunrise, don't you? Absolutely. A good sunrise and how beautiful when it comes, when it begins. There's just a little bit of light and then it's more and then it's more until a full day and it shines so brightly. And he says that's the way we are when we go out with our task. That we are shining brightly for others to see, living our lives of righteousness, being a part of God's task, being a part of God's mission. As I prayed earlier, there are some of our high school students who, 
at some point, of you who are graduates, some of you may be um, preachers and some of you may be missionaries, but you know what? If God calls you to be an engineer or he calls you to be a teacher, praise be to God because God can use you in those different places to light the world for him. God may use you to be Sunday school teachers. God may use you to be an active part of churches or, or live missionally in your life, in your areas where God places you. To glory, glory be to God for those things. And you can be faithful. You can be faithful. You know how? I, you can be faithful in college. You know that? Let me show you how. I know that. Today, in this place, we have a lot of college summer missionaries who are going to be going out in all kinds of areas. Some are going to be interns. Some may work here. Some may work at other churches. Some will work at camps. There will be people that will be going on our SIN teams, 27 different ones, that will be going to three different cities to do church planting. We have students that are going to be going overseas because this is the task that they want to remain faithful to. And they're remaining faithful right now during their college years. I want you to stand. If you are a college student and you're going to any of these places to serve this coming summer, I want you to stand right now. I want you to stay standing for a moment. Isn't this awesome? Do you know how blessed we are to have college students who will give of their time, who will serve the Lord, who are remaining faithful? I mean, isn't that... Solomon said that you must remain faithful to the teaching and to the task. And these are college students here who are remaining faithful to the task. There are a lot of places in our church that we could find uh, where we could grow and we could be better. But I'll tell you, one of the great things I'm excited about is that God is reaching young people, college students, and leading them to live in a missional way for the gospel. I'm excited about it. One of the reasons I wanted to be a part of Temple was to see the excitement, the energy, and the work of what God was doing in our Temple Tech students. We're going to pray for y'all. We're going to pray right now that God would work in your lives and that God would commission, continue to show his commission in your life, his work in your life, and that you would make a difference and that you would grow brighter and brighter as the days go by. Casey, I want you to come and I want you to pray for these students. And we're going to lift you to the Lord right now as he prays a blessing over you all. Let's pray. Lord God, we are humbled by the commitment that is shown forth in this service. Lord, the commitment to lift your name high. Lord, you are much to be made of. You are a gracious God, a glorious God, Lord. So we thank you for the stories that will be crafted this summer. Lord, for the stories you've been crafting for 18 years that will bring glory to your name throughout every nook and cranny of this globe, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to minister with these students, Lord. We pray, pray a prayer, prayer of blessing and encouragement upon them and their families, Lord. Thank you and we praise you today for who you are and who you are in the lives of these students. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Some may say, you know, this is a lot to do, bringing forth our high school grads and our college summer missionaries and combining this into one service. But it seems so natural for us 
Because whether you're a high school grad or you're a college summer missionary, what we are doing is praying for you and we are seeing how God is sending you to make a difference for the kingdom. I remember the psalmist that says that our children are like arrows that we hold in our hand. And what we're doing in so many ways is we're releasing our arrows. We're sending you. And in the days to come and in the months to come, I pray that God would use you as an arrow to penetrate the darkness and to bring light for Him. In so many ways, you are the best weapons we have against a culture that is growing intensely hostile toward the gospel of Christ. And we pray that you would make a difference. Now may we say this before we close today. Again, as we reflect on Proverbs 4, none of us got to where we are today without some help. Right? Somebody helped us along the way. For many of us, it was our parents. Or as I talked about last week, some of us had grandparents. Many of us had family that invested within us. Praise be to God for those individuals. We're thankful that they gave us the teaching. And that we can remain faithful. But that's not the only ones. Those are the primary ones probably. But those are not the only ones. Think about the people that have poured into your life. The people that have made a difference in who you are. Family members, but also along the way there were some people that were Sunday school teachers. There were some people that spoke to you. Maybe just an encouraging word each Sunday. Or maybe they allowed you to spend a night at their house for a disciple now. But these people have come together. And they've invested in you. And they've been faithful. And you know what? There are several in this place right now. When we think about it, is it possible to remain faithful? Absolutely. It doesn't mean you don't mess up every now and then. Prime example right here in front of you. But it does mean that you can be consistent and remain faithful in your life, even when you mess up, to acknowledge those and to come back and to still serve Him. I want to show you some in this place who've done this. I'm going to ask you, if you, if you have ever um, taught children Sunday school, if you've, any of the, you think you've taught these kids in Sunday school or these children in Sunday school or you, you've, you said, I've taught everybody in Sunday school. If, if you've taught in Sunday school, or if you taught in vacation Bible school, or Bible drills, or in, maybe in the youth department, or maybe you were there for D now, or maybe you helped serve a meal, or you just drove a van somewhere along the line. Let's say, let's put it at a very short time. Let's say the last 25 years that you've done something like that. Would you stand right now? Or parents, grandparents, those of you who have invested in these lives. Some of you holding out. Oh, keep standing, keep standing. Yeah. Some of you holding out on me too, by the way. You afraid I'm going to call on you or something other this morning? Look at these folks that continue to remain faithful. I want you to stand just a moment. We're going to go into a moment of invitation. John King's going to come and pray for us. He's going to lead us into this invitation. On behalf of these students, may I say to you, thank you 
for doing what you've done, for being faithful. And let me say to you, God's not through with you yet either. Whether you're standing or you're sitting, God's not through with you. Today we've come to send out our high school grads and our college summer missionaries. But you realize when we leave this place, we're sending everybody from this building to make a difference for the kingdom of God. He wants you to keep remaining faithful. You say, Brother Reggie, my light's starting to dim. No, it's not. As long as the Lord Jesus Christ is on his throne, your light is not to dim, but it is to grow ever and ever brighter. Make a difference. Continue to pour your lives into those who are coming behind us. May your prayer be that our children would hear the instruction and that they'd remain faithful and that we would remain faithful in all we do. John's going to come and lead us now in this prayer for us all as a church. And then we're going to have a moment to respond. If today in this place you need to come, you need to commit yourself to service, you need to commit yourself to living for Christ, to living righteously, letting your light shine, whatever it is. Maybe you're a student, maybe you're an adult, whatever it is. Would you be obedient to him today? And just, to, just allow God to do his work in you and in us at Temple Baptist Church. John, come pray for us. Pray with me. Lord God, creator of all the universe, author of history. We recognize that history is your story. We recognize that you have called us to participate in what you're doing around the world. This massive redemptive project, God, we know it's bigger than us. But God, we thank you that in your grace and your mercy, you've allowed us to be a part of it. Lord, this morning as we see all these who are standing, we think of those who haven't even stood. Lord God, we are grateful that for this calling that you've given us a calling first to know you and to love you and to walk with you. And we know that that's only possible through Jesus and we praise his name. But Lord, we also know that you've given us a calling to make disciples of all nations. Lord, starting with right where we are, God, and we embrace that as a church. Lord, we take that calling on ourselves and we commit ourselves as a church to that. Lord, today we know there are some who are being renewed in that commitment, God, that you stirred in their hearts a desire to intentionally make disciples right here where they are, God. And so, Lord, we ask that you will uh, bring the courage to commit to that, whether that's publicly or right in their pews, God. Bring that conviction. And, Lord, for many of us, it's a, it's a calling to commit to pray for those who are going out, for these college students to stay faithful, for these, uh, these high school graduates to stay faithful on the foundations of your truth and your gospel. Lord, for those of us in, in, in this room that you're speaking to us now, God, make it clear. Let us commit today to follow you into the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.